And now, the show that bridges the gap between faith and business. Welcome to Bottom Line Faith. On today's show, Ray sits down with Bill Smith, President and CEO of Sexton's Creek. God has put me in a place in life where I not only am enjoying it, but I feel that I'm making a difference. Why would I give that up right now to go in a place where I don't think I would have as much of an impact? We confuse position and title with making a difference in life. I think we have to be careful there. Uh, It's a trap. It might sound beautiful and it might look great, but in the end, is it really going to make a difference in eternity? Hello, everyone. This is Ray Hilbert. I am your host here at Bottom Line Faith. And if this is your first time listening to the program, thanks for joining us. We sure hope you're going to be encouraged by our conversation today. And of course, if you are a long-term listener, if you're a regular subscriber here at the program, you know that this is the place, the analogy we like to use, is where we're going to lift the hood and we're going to tinker around in the engine of Christian leadership. We're going to learn how Christian leaders think, how they plan, how they fail, lessons learned along the way. If you followed us for any amount of time, you know we've had the incredible privilege of traveling this country from coast to coast and talking with some of our nation's finest Christian leaders in business and in the marketplace. We've talked with CEOs of large companies. We've talked with uh, uh, entrepreneurs in startup mode. We've talked with athletic personalities and celebrities and actors and folks who are influencing our culture all along the way. So thanks so much for checking us out. And if you want to learn and uh, listen to some of the interviews, check out our website at bottomlinefaith.org. That's bottomlinefaith.org. And if you're a Christ follower in business and you want to uh, explore what it might look like to be in a community of other Christians who are leading businesses and organizations around the country, check out our website at Truth at Work. We are the host ministry for the Bottom Line Faith Program. That is truthatwork.org, and click on the tab there that says Round Table. And so, folks, we are in Indianapolis, Indiana, and we are in the uh, headquarters for Sexton's Creek, and uh, we're going to be talking with uh, Sexton's Creek President and CEO Bill Smith. Bill, welcome to Bottom Line Faith. Uh, Ray, thanks so much. It's good to be with my old-time friend. I can't uh, tell you um, every time I think of you, I can't help but think back to the time we met around Promise Keepers many years ago. So yes. it's good to be with you again today. Low 20 years ago. <laughs> That's right. I yeah. probably had hair then. If you've been on our website, you know that... And mine uh, was a lot da- lot darker back then, too. But it's still hanging on. You're looking good. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> well, Bill, um, just thanks for joining us today. And folks, I got to tell you, I-, I have really, really been looking forward to this conversation because Bill's just one of my... Uh, I don't know if I've ever had a chance to say this to you face-to-face. But Bill, you've just been a, a, a spiritual hero of mine. I've watched the way you've handled yourself for at least the 20 years I've known you, and I just I have so much respect for you. And I was really looking forward to this conversation because now our audience is going to get to know you as well. Well, thank you, Ray. I'm humbled by that. Thank you. Well, well tell us a little bit about your background. We're going to learn about Sexton's Creek in just a moment. Fascinating name. I know there's a story there. Yes. But just help our audience get to know Bill a little bit. Certainly. Well, you know, I was uh, born and raised in Elwood, Indiana, a small town. My grandfather, both of my grandfathers were pastors, and my dad was a factory worker. And so I didn't come into the world with too much expectation in, ter- uh, in terms of uh, what I was going to do with the rest of my life, but God just had a plan that uh, still amazes me, uh, the places He's allowed me to go. But it all started out with a campaign in 1982 where I helped a a candidate for Congress run. He won, and I ended up moving to Washington, D.C. at the ripe old age of uh, 21 years old. 
<laughs> and by the time I was 22, I was his chief of staff. And so uh, that wasn't because of me. God had a plan somewhere in that because it sure didn't make a lot of sense at the time. And uh, so I was his chief of staff for about seven years and then um, a step down for that because my family was growing. We decided it was time to move back to Indiana and uh, raise our family. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple days after I stepped down, I received a call from uh, a Focus on the Family. And they were looking at starting a new ministry in the state of Indiana uh, called the Indiana Family Institute. So I was their founding director and ran that organization, that ministry, for 11 years. And that's when you and I met? You were that in that season of That is when we met, yeah. exactly. And uh, like I say, I, I remember that day well, you know. Uh, <laughs> you, you, know you, you talk about my ministry, my goodness, uh, what God has done with you and the lives you've touched has just been amazing, Ray. Then uh, a good friend of mine by the name of Mike Pence called me. He decided he wanted. Now wait a minute, hold on, hold on. Now we just can't just glide by that. Mike Pence, as in, as in the vice president, as in vice president. Okay, y'all heard that, so okay, yeah. yeah. Of course, I knew him long before he had that title, but uh, he 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 had been a friend of mine for many years, and uh, as a matter of fact, we would guest host each other's radio shows if one was on vacation because he's an old radio guy. As those who know him well uh, know about him, and he said he was going to run for Congress, or he was thinking about it. I want to know if he did, if I would manage his campaign. And uh, so after a little back and forth, I decided to do that, ran his campaign for Congress in the year 2000. Uh, he was elected to Congress, and then I served as his chief of staff. There was something, if I recall, very unique about that campaign because uh, he had made a pledge about the way he was going to run his campaign. Would you just comment on sure. that a little bit? This is very unique. Yeah, well, he had run uh, a decade earlier, actually in 1988, in 1990, he ran for Congress against an incumbent and uh, was defeated in both of those elections. Well, in the election of 1990, he ran a pretty negative campaign, very mm-hmm. personal attack mode campaign. And after his loss uh, in 90, he, he was really convicted about that. Yeah. He began to draw closer to the Lord. And this is all public information. He's written about this. Yep. Uh, and he wrote a piece called Negatives, uh, or Confessions of a Negative Campaigner, in which he swore off uh, that kind of a campaign and uh, basically, from that point forward, asked for apology, uh, an apology for how he had conducted himself in, the, in that campaign. And so if you, you look at his career path, you'll see that from that moment in 1990 forward, his campaign is the vast majority of it about what he believes, his policies, it's more yeah. positive-oriented. Yeah. He's not afraid to compare you know, records, but mm-hmm, he doesn't mm-hmm. get into that personal sort of you know, scorched-earth um, campaign mode that you see often from politicians today. So uh, we spent the next 12 years together while he was in Congress. I was his chief. He ran for governor of Indiana, as many of your listeners now know. Uh, I was his chief of staff for half of that before uh, resigning to start my business and uh, We still remain close, but uh, I'm off doing my own thing now. Yeah, and we're going to talk uh, much more about Sexton's Creek as we as we go along here. Uh, But just I'm going to let our audience in on a little secret, okay, Mm -hmm. folks. uh, 
Bill and his team, they're the ones that actually produce our mm-hmm. program here at Bottom Line Faith. So uh, we are not only having a great interview here, but I'm not sure if I'm a client, a, an interviewer. We, we've got all kinds <laughs> of interesting... All, all the above. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but they do a great job with uh, for us here, and so uh, well, you thanks. can check them out. So in fact, it'd be a great, great opportunity. Sextonscreek.com is the website. That's uh, Sextons, S-E-X-T-O-N-S, Creek, C-R-E-E-K.com. So while we're on the topic... Mm-hmm. Tell us about the business, how, sure. what you do, how you got started, and then we're going to learn on leadership from you. Yeah, absolutely. About two and a half, three years ago, when I turned in my resignation, uh, and this is something Governor Pence at the time and I had been discussing for quite some time. Yeah, so you had resigned while he was governor of the state of Indiana before he became vice presidential uh, candidate, cor- correct? Cor- yeah. Correct. Okay, got uh, it. Yeah, yeah, and something we'd talked about for many years. Yeah. But it just seemed like the right time, and... Uh, so I, I left to form a government relations consulting firm uh, known as Sexton's Creek. So for the first two years, we just operated within Indiana, a small operation, basically a one-man shop. It was just me for two years representing a small group of clients in issues before the state of Indiana. Well, it's an amazing what can happen with an election. Well, yeah. in, uh, as you know, when Donald Trump picked Mike Pence to run as his vice president— and they won, many opportunities began to come our way. We expanded our operations on the government relations side, opened a Washington, D.C. office, and our client base grew considerably from that. So most of the work we do in the, that area, that's our, our, one of our divisions is government relations, is focused on uh, representing you know, a client's needs to government if they're having trouble navigating some regulations or laws that may be okay. coming up. But even more so, if I, you know, the more we think about it, it has to do with helping them understand, consulting with them, giving them advice on how they should proceed and working with the government. But then I finally had an opportunity to do something I was passionate about mm-hmm. because the government relations side, keep in mind, was not something I really ever wanted to do. Okay. It's not something I'm passionate about. It's just where God seemed to put me at given moments. It's sort of like the Italian poet wrote, you know, the path you know I'm on is the one I actually chose to avoid. Uh, <laughs> and so that's where I found myself in the government relations arena. What excites me is the division that we started earlier this year, and that's our media productions, our productions division. And that's where uh, you find us putting together programs, for instance, where we help friends like you yeah. with uh, whether it's a podcast or video work or social media uh, assistance. Uh, we do a lot of video work. So if it's in the area of helping your business or your ministry, your nonprofit organization, whatever, uh, reach it, reach the next level mm-hmm. in promotions and branding and those types of things, that's, that's what I think we uh, do an excellent job of. Our team here in Indianapolis has been at that now for a few months and already has a great growing base of clients. And then third, what Sexton's Creek is about to launch into, and um, we'll be sharing a lot more about this in the days ahead. In 2018, we'll be launching in our business services division, a leadership training programs uh, around the country that will be, uh, uh, the first opportunity will be in wilderness and outdoor training exercises. And we'll bring CEOs and their leadership teams out into the wild and help them experience some leadership skills in a place they may not be so comfortable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guys like me, you get them out in the woods, you know, <laughs> it could be a little dangerous, but uh, hopefully we'll learn a lot about ourselves. So, you know, it sounds kind of um, like a, a very uh, different set of skills, but 
often we have clients who come together and realize they need multiple mm-hmm. uh, product. So they may be involved in the production side, but also need some help on the government relations side. And uh, so that's, that's what we're doing right now, and we're having a great time doing it. Bill, one of the things that I'm really encouraged about, you know, uh, as I said earlier, I've known you for over 20 years now, is how important your faith is. It has guided, and it is, it's not just like this thing that's out there for you. It really is the foundational piece in, mm-hmm. in your life, your family, and your leadership. How has your faith... You, you, mom, you mentioned a moment ago this, you were not passionate about this one particular area right. in the government affairs consulting, but yet... It's pretty clear to you God had you on that pathway, at least Mm -hmm. leading you to other things as well. Talk a little bit about how your faith guides and shapes you as a leader in business. You've been extremely influential in government um, as well as business. Talk to us about your faith and its role in your life. Well, keep in mind that, uh, you know, I'm a sinner saved by grace. There is no doubt that... uh, you know, whatever I do for a living, it has to be centered around my relationship with with God. You know, whenever the election was coming up, some of my friends at church would say, well, Bill, what would you do if if you didn't win? Mm. That's easy. I've swept floors before. I've cleaned (laughs) toilets before. I've worked in the fields before. I still know how to do that. But that doesn't define who I am, Right. We are we, we can work a job, whatever is put before us, to help fill our needs, to feed our family, to do what we must do. But it isn't who we are. Um, and uh, so I, got a, I, I understood that early on in life. So I praise God that He allowed me the opportunity to have that perspective, because I'm really never disappointed with what I'm doing as a career. Mm-hmm. Because in the end, I'm still going to work on something that I'm passionate about, even if it's on the outside, if it's in part time, if it's just as an extracurricular activity. You know, we're always going to be pursuing something that um, we feel is bigger than ourselves. And in this case, you know, my faith is, of course, much bigger than who I am. And so, uh, if you even look at the experience of having Mike Pence call me in 1999 and ask if I'd run his 2000 race, I had no interest in doing that. Mm. But it all had to do with the fact that I knew Mike Pence was a believer in Christ, and this was, this would be an experience different than any other if I engaged with a political figure. And so, um, I'm just thankful that uh, you know God has allowed me each step of the way to work within an environment and help create an environment that honored him and that we did the best we could to lead others to follow him as well. So you, you made a few comments there that my mind is going to this place, because uh, one of the things we hope to do here at Bottom Line Faith, we really just want to be a blessing. We want to be an encouragement, right? And so I am quite confident that somebody's listening to the program right now, and they find themselves in that place that they're getting up every day, doing what they're doing, mm-hmm. running their business, leading their company, and maybe they don't feel like they've yet found that point of passion or that place of passion, mm-hmm. and they feel like there's something else. Right. Right, that is that point of passion, mm-hmm. that place of passion. What encouragement would you have for them? What advice mm-hmm. or counsel would you get if you were sitting down face to face, like you and I are? What right. would you say to them? Well, I'd say there are two two options here. You can find passion within the organization you're working, even if the topics you're working on are not something that it's all that exciting. I'll tell you one place you can find pa- something to be passionate about is the people you work with. Whether they're your your team around you, the clients you have uh, within your business, you have an opportunity to change people's lives just by how you interact with them. So 
don't limit yourself in thinking that the work you're doing is the work mm. that's required, okay? The passion you can find internally has to do with the lives you can touch, whatever product or service you're performing. And so for me, I can come in and not be excited about government relations, but I can get excited about the fact that I'm going to be talking to a new person today that you know may need that outreach, may need a, uh, just an ear that will listen to them mm -hmm. as they're going through a difficult time. It may be a professional or a personal level issue, but, but I would say look within to find the passion that you may not see if you just look on the surface. The second thing is, look, there are so many great causes out there that we can engage in. And if you just reach out and tackle that one thing that you know right now you're passionate about, if you don't know, of course, you know, kneel at the throne of you know, God and ask Him to reveal to you mm. what cause and purpose you have in life that's bigger than yourself or bigger than the job you have. And, um, good. and so, you know, look around you today, whether it's human trafficking issues or, or you know, helping uh, leaders draw closer to Christ, or, you know, there, there are so many good causes out there helping the hungry, you know, that you can engage in. That can help start defining who you are, not the fact that you have president and CEO after your name. That's really good. Folks, we are speaking with Bill Smith, the president and CEO at Sexton's Creek. One more time, the website is sextonscreek.com. And so we've got a little bit of understanding of your background. We've got a little bit of framework of uh, some of the things the company does here. Mm -hmm. I'd like to transition, uh, and we've talked a little bit about your faith, and we'll come back to that in just a moment, but I'd like to transition a little bit around leadership. Mm -hmm. As you look back over the course of your career, what would be one or two of the best pieces of advice you've ever been given? Mm -hmm. And how does that impact your leadership today? Okay. Well, you know, we all have heard, of course, of servant leadership. Well, for me, I had to figure out what would that look like within the confines of the work I've had, whether it was being a congressional chief of staff that, uh, you know, I had 30 people uh, working, uh, you know, with the team, or when I was chief of staff for the governor's office, and you have a totality of 30,000 state employees that you can help uh, direct one way or the other. In the end, you know, what principles are you going to lay out uh, before them to show leadership? Uh, in my case, there were some things that I picked up and I just adapted a little bit. Right. One was uh, I told everyone that I hired, if you come in, and you can imagine in the political world, mm -hmm. uh, you have climbers, right? You have people who are looking for that next step up the ladder. And I said, if I see any of you coming in and illustrating to me what it's like to be a backstabber, a credit taker, or a ladder climber, you're going to be in trouble in this on this team. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's reverse that. Let's see someone. You know, are you ready to take on the challenge of not only doing the work that's assigned to you, but to be someone who gives credit to someone else, who helps someone else climb that ladder, who instead of this, you know stabbing mm -hmm. them in the back, you're patting them on the back. If I can see that in you, within this team you're going to be a leader on this team, okay? And the other thing was just how you model your team. You mm -hmm. know, uh, they're obviously within business variations of this, but I always, when I would hire somebody, I'd think, what's their character? What's their competency? And what's the chemistry they bring to the team? Those three Cs were critical in building a team that I think 
it wasn't it was less important what kind of leader I was but what kind of leader I'm developing. Mm -hmm. And if you bring someone to the team that they understand their character is first and foremost, how they behave with integrity within the team, that they have the competency, either the existing ability to do the job well or to learn it well, and the chemistry, how are you going to treat one another? How do you fit in with a group? You're going to be successful on this team. Yeah. And that means you're then developing into the kind of leader I think would be God-honoring. And, you know, it's it's interesting because of the, the time of us recording this conversation. We are at—I uh, don't even know if we've hit the crescendo yet of, of ethics in government, right, with all the, the right. sexual harassment. We're seeing it in, in uh, entertainment and mm-hmm. uh, in Hollywood, of course, but in government. So if we could have Bill Smith wave the magic wand, right. what would cause a cure for— mm-hmm all of this lack of character that mm-hmm. we're seeing run rampant in culture today. Well, you know, it really doesn't even require a magic wand. It just I knew re- you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it just requires that we do what my father told me years ago, and that is you treat people the way you want to be treated. Yeah. If you do that, then you wouldn't see a lot of the scandal. You wouldn't see a lot of the you know, misuse of position and title. You wouldn't see the kind of mistreatment that you're seeing today, whether it's in Hollywood or government or any place. If I treat you the way I want to be treated, I mean, it's not brain surgery, my friend. It's just going back to the age-old truth that we can find written in in God's Word about, you know, uh, treat people well. Yeah. One of the things that I'm just really impressed with, and I know you don't make decisions to impress other people. You're walking with the Lord and serving your family and your wife and your children. But you you had an opportunity, and we don't need to get into the details, but you had an opportunity to, to be engaged at a pretty high level mm-hmm. in this presidential administration. Right. Is that fair to say? That's true, yeah. And you turned it down. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about that. Why would you you know, turn that down. Well, look, Ray, I have five children and 10 grandchildren. Uh, God has put me in a place in life where I not only am enjoying it, but I feel that I'm making a difference. Yeah. Why would I give that up right now to go in a place where I don't think I would have as much of an impact? Okay. We confuse position and title with making a difference in life. And I, I think we have to be careful there. Uh, it's a trap. It's like I always tell a lot of my friends uh, who are considering running for public office, be careful that you don't heed the, su- the call of the sirens who would call you onto the rocks. It might sound beautiful and it might look great, but in the end, is it really going to make a difference in eternity? Now, there may be a point in life where uh, that calling to higher government service would make sense, yeah. but at this point in my life, um, it's, it's not something I was ready to do. And I really wanted our audience to hear. I, I mean, I didn't know exactly how you mm-hmm. might answer that question, but I think I knew what was in your heart, and we've had some other previous mm-hmm. conversations. And But I wrote this down, and, and I want to repeat it. And if I mess up the quote, correct me, <laughs> will you? But don't confuse position and title with making a real difference. Right. Did I, did I capture That's that? That's right? close enough, yeah. 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 I'm sure if you tweaked a little bit, it'd sound even better. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but, you know, and and that's really, you know, for our audience, which is mm-hmm. comprised of Christ followers who are, you know, in leaders, they're running businesses, they're presidents, they're CEOs, they're high capacity leaders, they really should be. If I'm listening to what I'm hearing from you, 
they should be more concerned with the, the difference that they're making, how they're investing in lives than they are with position, the authority, and even the results. Is that fair? Oh, absolutely. I mean, think about the lessons we've learned over the last several years from people in very high positions, whether they're CEOs of companies or government leaders who've, who've, who've passed away, and the regrets they have. Well, you know, uh, even if you and I make mistakes, Ray, as we will, yeah. I don't want to have regrets. All right. Yeah. And I think it'd be easy for us to have regrets if we chose the wrong path, thinking that something that was significant to perhaps the world, we took because of that. Uh, no, the, God sees other things as significant. And uh, but it doesn't mean you can't do those jobs. I mean, right. if you're a CEO of a company and you're a leader in government and you can incorporate, you know, God's will for your life in that, praise God, that's a wonderful thing. But in this case, uh, it's not. What we're saying there is don't sell out. Exactly. To what's exactly. really important. You got it. Yeah. That's right. That's fantastic. And so on that note, we're not getting any younger, <laughs> right? What is that big thing that you think God still has for you to do <laughs> in, in the next chapter here? Yeah. Well, I think, to be honest with you, I, I wish I, I knew some days and other days. I just love playing it a day at a time, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I do know what I'm called to do right now, and that is to continue to be an example uh, to my family uh, and to the friends around me. Uh, whatever happens with my career, you know, that'll come and go. But I know that I have a, a limited audience that I am commanded mm. uh, to, to spend time with and to have influence over, and that's my wife, my children, my grandchildren, and the friends who are around me, whatever sphere God's put in my path. And in that regard, just be real. Speak truth and love into their lives and let him do the rest of the work. You, you know, you and I were joking before. I said, I love to follow your social media, but it wears me out, you know, with all the kids and the grandkids and the activities and going yeah, to the Yeah, you rarely find and... any politics in there, do you? Yeah, it's, yeah it's just you, always, fun. you always have this controversial question, right? But it has nothing to do with politics. It's like chocolate right. or vanilla, right? Exactly. Yeah, well, have fun with it, right? You know, that's one of our mottos here at Sexton's Creek is work hard, do good, and have fun. And so we try to illustrate, and not just a slogan, but not in how we actually live. That's fantastic. Well, well folks, uh, we are talking with uh, Bill Smith, President and CEO of Sexton's Creek. One more time, their website is sextonscreek.com. And we, we call this the fastest 30 minutes on the airwaves. Boy, and, it is fast. And That's our right. producer, uh, Russell, just put up said, we got just a couple of minutes here left. I can't believe we're already at the end of this. Maybe we could do part two. That's right. At I some love point. it. Yeah. And so just two more questions in is... What advice or encouragement would you have for someone who's listening to the program right now, and uh, they're going, "Wow, Bill, this, this sounds like you've got you've got a lot of experience here. You've got peace in your life, and you've got it together." You know, no one's perfect. You've you said that, but what encouragement would you say for that listener who's really not sure about all that, and maybe they're discouraged or frustrated, and they want to live out their faith at home in their business? How would you encourage them today? Well, first of all, I'd say if, if there's any uh, indication that we've got it all together, I'd say, my friends, um, <laughs> you need to go back 20, 30 years ago when I was still trying to figure things out. And to be honest with you, I'm still trying to figure a lot of it out. Yeah. So yeah. none of us have it all ironed out and wrinkle-free, okay? And so 
uh, just know, first of all, God uses, you know, um, vessels that are imperfect. He shows that through his word repeatedly. And the greatest men and women that he put before us were men and women who were so flawed that it gives me hope. <laughs> so, that's right. That's right. So, so first of all, don't, don't put yourself on a pedestal, and also don't put yourself so far down into the ground that you're of no use, earthly good. You know, let's 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 keep optimistic about building our own character and our own abilities while we're here. So, team up with somebody. Uh, you know, Truth at Work Roundtables has been a real blessing to me. For instance. Um, to be able to come alongside uh, fellow believers who are in the the marketplace in the in the business world, and just to be able to compare notes mm-hmm. with them yeah. and figure out uh, the very question you just asked. If we do it on our own, it's not doesn't mean we're going to fail, but it sure means it's going to be a lot longer and difficult road ahead. Yeah. yeah. So find find someone. Bring you know whether you can join it. And I didn't mean this to be an advertisement for what you're doing, but it's a great work that you're doing at Thank Truth you. at Work. Thank you very much. Is to to you know join a roundtable, get plugged into what you're doing at Truth at Work, because there you'll find some accountability. You'll find so, you know uh, someone that you can team up with to answer that question. I can't believe we're already at the end of the. I'm just going to call this part one, okay, Russell? We're just going to call this part one. We'll, we'll, with your permission, Bill, I'd love to come Absolutely. back. Absolutely. And I mean this. I just so greatly respect and admire just mm-hmm. how God has placed you and all that you're doing and, and how you just are grounded in that, you know? And it's very refreshing. It's very encouraging to me. Having said all that, we're down to the last question. I okay. can't believe we're already here. For those of you who are regular listeners here at the program at Bottom Line Faith, you know this is always the last question I ask, and it's the only question I ask of every single guest, and that is this. It's based out of Proverbs 4.23. We call it our 4.23 question, where Solomon writes, "...above all else, guard your heart, for from it flows the wellspring of life." And so... Bill, this is like Solomon, the wisest man who gave us all these proverbs and wise principles to live on. He is saying, remember this above everything else I've ever said, guard your heart, mm-hmm. right? So, Bill, let's just fast forward the clock to the end of uh, this side of eternity for you here on earth, and you have a chance to gather your family, your friends, your loved ones, those who are most precious to you, and you have a chance to pass along the most important piece of advice above all else. Mm. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I I was at a family reunion several years ago, and an elderly woman who I'd never met uh, saw me walk by. And she said, young man, come here. I went over, and she said, you're one of Oscars, aren't you? I said, I'm sorry, ma'am, you're one of Oscars. Well, Oscar was my grandfather. I'd never met this woman before. And I said, well, yes, ma'am, he's my grandpa. And she said, I thought so. You have his manner. Okay. What I want my children and my grandchildren to carry on, look, I've studied uh, archaeology, I've studied ancestry, genealogy work, and I can tell you even tombstones fade away, right? So what kind of legacy really is? What legacy do I want to leave? The legacy that's going to last is the legacy of truth and love that I mentioned earlier. What kind of imprint can we actually put on the lives of people around us? So whether it's in my workforce or in my family or my friends, you know, if there's going to be a legacy, it's going to be that they remember these qualities or these qualities were passed down over time, long after my name is forgotten. Mm. And so if my children or grandchildren are surrounding me on the day I'm called, called home, I just want to know that they are going to be decent and loving and truthful with one another. If they do that, 
they'll be remembered for something much bigger than any piece of paper or stone they leave on earth. Great stuff. Wow. Uh, I know I've been taking some notes, and if, if you're taking notes, I hope you're not driving, and because uh, that would be kind of dangerous, but uh, <laughs> right. come back and listen to this again. Grab a notepad and a, a pen. We have been speaking with Bill Smith at Sexton's Creek here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Folks, this is just another great example of how God is uniquely placing amazing followers of Christ in the marketplace. And in, in Bill's case, a long-standing history and career in ministry, in business, in influencing government, and literally leaders around the world. And so, uh, Bill, thanks for joining us on the program today. Ray, it's been such a pleasure, and I'm looking forward to visiting with you again. A- absolutely. Well, folks, check out uh, bottomlinefaith.org. You can listen not only, uh, again, to the interview we've just had with uh, Bill, but if you scroll down to the bottom of the page there, you can actually become a subscriber to the program. Whether you're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all the platforms are there, become a regular listener of the program. I think you'll be encouraged. We have new episodes out on a weekly basis. And Bill mentioned in our conversation, if you're a Christ follower and you're looking for accountability, if you're looking for encouragement, if you're looking for community of like-minded followers of Christ who gather together regularly to encourage one another in business and living out their faith and their leadership, check out our website at truthatwork.org and click on that tab there that says Round Tables. Well, folks, thanks for joining us on today's program. Till next time, I am your host, Ray Hilbert, saying God bless, and we'll see you soon at Bottom Line Faith. Bottom Line Faith is brought to you by Truth at Work. If you'd like to hear about new episodes or listen to past episodes, visit us online at bottomlinefaith.org. You can also subscribe to the show through Google Play and iTunes. 